Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, it's James Hart here. Just want to give you guys a fair warning. There's a sound glitch early on in the episode where you're going to just hear it skip a little bit forward every now and then. Um, we had to use a different laptop. Not sure really what caused this, but uh, we'll make sure that you don't hear it again. But after a little while, you'll hear it die down. And by the time we're st- talking about Chuck Norris, everything will just go real smoothly. So hang in there with us and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2015, which is in exactly one month oh, shit. from today. Oh, that's scary. No, it's, it's fun. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. I was talking to Andrew today, picking up my comic books. Yeah. And he's going to be on the show July 17th Cool for Ant-Man. I keep on telling him that I'm saying that he's going to be on the show, so he can't back out. Right. And... uh but he said they're not allowing them to sell them at comic stores anymore. The huh. tickets. Really? You have to go through Ticketmaster, AXS, or who's selling them. Okay. Because the convention center needs to do a better... He says they need their job of keeping track of what they're selling. Uh, I guess that's fair. Cool. That, or they're trying to get more, um, you know, surcharge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Like Everybody what, has to make money. I'm not sure how much the, uh, the theater or the comic stores are really making on that. Not much. Not sure either, but anyway, cool. So, uh, if you're wondering what we do, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we finally got the chance to see Machina, which, um, I went. I went to Belmar, and I don't know if this is because I went to Belmar. I asked for a one ticket to Ex Machina, and you said Ex Machina. That's Ex Machina. (laughs) Uh, It's Latin. It's only been around for thousands of years. Like, come on now. I didn't want to be mean to her, but I said it's Ex Machina. Aww. And she said, oh, okay, I didn't know that. And then I wanted to describe that. I said, well, it's, you know, it's you to describe a plot device and blah, 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 well, blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, technically that's dead <laughs> Machina. On its yeah. own, it really just machine. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're the worst. Yeah, we are. Um, anyway. I saw Ex Machina, finally. And yeah. I'm becoming a big fan of A4 Studios. Yeah. They... They released uh, Wolf Cop, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, really? Maybe not. But they they pick up a lot of independent movies and distribute. Yeah. And uh, I think they did It Follows. Ooh. So, yeah, I think so. Because um, I remembered seeing that. I feel like I've seen that logo I've seen that logo a, a whole bit. I know they did A Most Violent Year. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, I was bought it just because I, I saw it. Did you get uh, Firewalker this week? Uh, we'll talk about it later. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, how's your week going, James? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's yeah. going pretty good. I was down in the Springs this week for work. Oh, do you um, have to go to? No, no, no. That's no, a good no. week. Yeah, I went down to the, to the Springs. Got to stay at the Broadmoor. That was pretty neat. 
Um, that's a nice place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was pretty sweet. We used to go there. Uh, my dad would take us there every once in a while to have brunch because they have a really nice brunch there. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty good. Um, it was a good week. It was one of the ones where because it was like a you know it's a conference thing. So yeah. and I was working it. So it's like I went and I did a bunch of stuff. Created a bunch of more things that I needed to do, so I feel like there's more work for me to do. Plus, like I was on, it was it was like being out of the office, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing, I wasn't in the office doing the work I was supposed to do. So it's like I come back and I'm like, oh shit, like I've created more work and didn't get anything done for a week. Like, <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Um, but whatever, it's it's cool, it's all good. Um, how was yours? Uh, not bad. Good, good, good. You know, it's um, yeah. I... You know, it's hard when you... I'm just really hanging out right now. Yeah. And having fun, though. I yeah. took a really picture of hanging on comic books in a Spider-Man hand. I saw it. It was and, adorable. And it looks Spider-Man. It was adorable. It, it made me, like, super happy. Yeah. I also uh, saw the cute picture in a bag at the zoo. Yep. After yelling at the monkeys. Yeah, it was funny, because oh. the monkeys were making noises, and he was making Zach at him. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. He's adorable. He is. He's a good kid. Yeah, I yell out enough, I can wake him up, and then I get to see him! Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and he'll probably want to play. Aww. So he does it. Yeah. So yeah, cool. yeah um, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, just playing Mortal Kombat. How keep, is it? Is it awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. I keep on beating. This night is actually fun. I, I, I'm, for some reason, I'm not very good on ranked matches, um, cause I, even though I'm home all day, I spend it with my son, so I can't play as much as I'd like to. But, uh, last night I was playing a guy who was 203. And I always mute my side so people can't so hear me. So that means me. he has won 207 games? Yeah. And, and only lost three. So I, and That's I can insane. hear them, but they can't hear me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's cause I don't like talking to strangers. That way you can call them bad words, but they don't, yeah. they don't hear it. <laughs> and he was getting so mad because I was beating him. Because oh, I think my online record is like 29 and like 15 something. Yeah. And, uh, and I beat him. I got 200 places on the rankings for beating him. Holy crap. Yeah. So he wasn't happy. Probably dropped a lot because he lost to someone. Yeah, as he bad probably as me. he probably broke his dick. I was like, I can never play Mortal Kombat again. And I mean, I'm really good at combat. It's just uh, I just can't play it as much as so it's like you know. Yeah. That's why I never got it in X because the first shooters were the most popular ones. Right. And those kids would play all the time, and you'd go on and just get destroyed by them. And... Right. But still, the game's really fun. If you like Mortal Kombat, you'll like it. Um, cool. Yeah, I've, I've actually like never played one. Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't picture I mean, you playing. I've, you play fighting games? Oh, yeah. Uh, I um. I've I've played some like, at the arcades, but mm-hmm. not, like, but usually I would get my ass kicked and then give up. You know, if I get more quarters on this, I'm gonna go play ski ball. Nice, because if I play ski ball, you get tickets. Then I can get enough tickets, and then I can get a Lego phone, which is all I want in the world. <laughs> hey, Lego is all we anybody needs in the world, dude. I was I was at the Walmart this week just staring because I I last weekend a uh, baby shower to go to, so I had to go buy some Duplos because mm-hmm. like no pinch should be without some Duplos, yeah, even course. though they're for like year and a half old kids. So, like as long as they, they need them. They buy agent toys for some of my nieces and nephews. Playing with like you know Jason action figures that are covered in yeah. blood and like she's yep. busty and horrible. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. The uh, anyway. So I was there and I spent I spent more time looking at Legos for me. Than I did looking at the Duplos. Did. I know I have to buy toys for my nephews or you know for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go to Toys R Us around. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> uh, Brad isn't here this week. He's filming something for the Grawlix, I think yeah. he mentioned. Yeah. Um, the director of for some video. What a loser. Totally. Um, we also talk about movies we've been watching over the course of the week. Movie news, comic books, uh, reading, and 
box office numbers, movie podcasts. Yeah. I'll also mention we do have a new movie podcast. They're on their own, but they're also Nebulous Vision. Nerd Fat, Nerd Fat Podcast. Check them out, nerdfappodcast.com. Uh, my buddy Matt, he writes a lot of editorials and stuff. Content. So make sure you check it out. That's nice. Uh, we'll start with it. Uh, let's start with some news. It's real news. Chat for me. Um, let's talk about some dumb stuff. Did you see the trailer for um the visit? Uh, I did not listen to it with sound. If he and uh, when I was watching it, I saw sound footage, and it was also M Night Shyamalan. I didn't want to watch it, <laughs> so I only watched it because it was. Mm-hmm. Right, because I'm a big because fan, and I like him. For I, I mean, I haven't liked the last things he's done, but I I'm, was that Lady in hope. the Water being a last Airbender? Is that right? Yes, uh, and even Lady in the Water, like I could excuse because I knew this. Oh no, we also did it. After Earth. Oh yeah, that's literally the three. Yeah. So um, After Earth, and last a- Airbender, Water. After Earth, palatable. Lady in the Water, I'm okay with because I know the story behind it. Right, mm-hmm. so that that movie was written. Based on like a a fairy tale that he invented with his kids, so I was like, oh, okay, this is this fun little love to your kids, and it was before Pan's Labyrinth, so I was like, oh, little fairy tale, and then I was educated about <laughs> what an adult fairy tale should be. Um, Brought to the school, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, and then you know, the Last Airbender and the Happening are just trite, absolute garbage, um, which is too bad. But I'm always hopeful that he'll. And this is not what I want. This is this is just like a horror movie, and it's just a really bland horror movie. Like if there is something in this movie, this trailer does not make me want to go. Is see it, it found footage? Um, or not, sh- no, it's not shot handy cam. Mm. Um, so, so that's maybe no one wanted to give him, <laughs> so he has to shoot movies <laughs> cheap. <laughs> um, no, and yeah, it could be that for sure because he's had a lot of failures, um, and a lot of failures with some pretty some big stars. Um, but the problem is, is that what I like about him when he's doing, especially when he's doing stuff that's what's scary, is that they're really. Even though you don't like most of his films, I think that they're actually pieces yeah. and not really horror well, films. Well, honestly, I saw the poster and I thought it looked interesting for poster. Me too. And then it was him, and I then I, and then I watched the trailer with no sound, and it didn't. It's just a movie where some kids see their grandparents, and their grandparents are maybe possessed something, and are going crazy and are being weird, and that's not what I want. Like a right movie about characters that I I care. I want real heartwarming scenes on porches where people profess their love to each other and then one of them gets stabbed by a person that should have been safe. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> I want great movies. Maybe he should work on not telling a movie twist and just tell a drama. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I absolutely. I look at Signs or Unbreakable and they really have twists. Well, no. I guess Unbreakable really does. I would say that Signs does, but um, I would agree. And I don't know if this one has a twist. Because um, yeah, the... He got typecast as that guy who yeah. makes movies with twists, and that's not what he should have gotten. Like, in it, Joss Whedon could theoretically get typecast as the guy who kills characters you like. The truth is, he is defined by than that. Um, I feel like M. Night got super defined by the one thing that he did, um, or, or by that one like special thing he did. Yeah, uh, probably because The Sixth Sense was such a good twist like it stood out so well yeah and after that as soon as there was a twist in unbreakable people were like oh did you see the oh he's the guy who does twists again because i you think know? i think unbreakable is a better movie than the sixth sense i do too i i actually think that and the, i think visually he he can be a great storyteller but i don't know i haven't seen that in him since did uh, unbreakable come out 2000 <laughs> yeah something like that um so i 15 years i feel very differently that all three of the films that come after six Sense are actually better than six Sense. 
because uh, I think his characters get better and better over those four films. If you want to hear me and James discuss our differences, we do have commentary about with signs. Yeah. And um, <laughs> where you and I just talk the whole movie, how I like that movie and you don't like that movie. Yep. Yeah, frustrating hour, two hours of time. But anyway, mine too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Counter. <laughs> That's my live bit. Hey, you want to talk about? Well, actually, here. Uh, did you see the of the Joker that just came out? I did. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, you you have a different. You can't be led. You can't be. In. Yeah. So it, it's things where it's, it's so mm-hmm. we don't actually know what he's going to look on. Like, yeah, like he's real pale and he's got all these twos and stuff. And I actually kind of like that of it. The, there, there's just a few details. Okay, I don't really like his, the fact that he has the word "damage" tattooed on his forehead. But the rest of it, I'm actually kind of cool with. Um, and here's the thing: is Jared Leto is a great actor. So, yeah. oh yeah, I, I'm. I, I would. You're right. You have to see it on film and see right. it in motion. Right. Because too, if you look at the period, it's actually paying paying homage to the Killing Joke. Right. So. It's kind of like, oh, just give an idea of what he looks like. Because the tattoo, I think it's on his left shoulder. That's the ha 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 ha. The background of it's the, the background joke, of yeah. the killing joke. Oh, yeah. Which that part in that that part I love. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think the tattoos are cool. The style is pretty cool. It's really ju- and his teeth. We uh, until you actually see him talk on, in the movie, you don't know how he's gonna really look. Um, it's really just the word damaged on his forehead that I look at and go, is it damaged right. or deranged? Uh. I think damage is it damaged. I couldn't make it out, so I I thought it maybe said deranged. Yeah, they're, they're really similar, but I'm pretty sure it's damaged. Here that I look at, it. um, yeah. I mean, either either way, it, it's just. But here too, it makes sense to me too. If you were someone unhinged as the Joker, and it took place nowadays, you probably would have tattoos like that. Sure. Where I mean, that's another way to express your instability. I will say that my second thought. After say after thinking, oh, I don't like that word. As oh shoot, I hope that this is not also what um, uh, Harley Quinn's gonna look like. Because I was so excited about getting Harley Quinn in a movie mm-hmm. that um, I just hope I hope it's not just a like punk kid. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I like that character. Um, I'm excited to see. I, I, I was sort of actually, hoping for a original or some original version. If of they Harley did the Quinn. Arkham City Harley Quinn, I think it'd look pretty good. Yeah, where she has the pale face and she has pigtails and they're one's black and one's red i think yeah. it looks pretty cool are we all just saying at this point they're doing our uh, assault on arkham yeah i mean i hope <laughs> i mean that, either that i think if they actually had affleck at the beginning and yeah. kind of a mad love with the joker oh, and yeah. harley quinn i think kind of interesting because i was um this this launched while uh i was in the movie and as i got out i was with rafe and he was like oh man they just they revealed what the joker's gonna look like in in Super. and he showed it to me and the first thing I said was, well, I mean, you're only going to see him in like a scenes when he's in a jail cell. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm totally just living on this assumption that they're telling Assault on Art again, um, which I'd be super cool. Oh, with. yeah. Um, I, you know, I still think it'd be cool if they actually did origin story for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Harley Quinn is obviously the person people care about. I mean, Will Smith's a shot, but whatever. Yeah. Um, if they actually opened with it as Harley Quinn as a psychiatrist and her with him and, kind of leading her down that dark path and that then would it, that would be pretty cool then it went into arkham uh, assault on arkham i think would be pretty awesome yeah that would be pretty neat um a couple more trailer things uh did you see that new trailer for fantastic four yeah i'm uh, i'm more I, on board i think dr doom looks really great in it yeah i mean only got for like a little splash but even like the thing kind of looks cool now yeah. and and the way that um mr fantastic works is kind of cool yeah. um even the human torch like when he goes into fire and yeah. his eyes turn white i was like oh that's neat 
Uh, I don't know that I'm in love with like the story yet, but we'll see. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, you know it's was where I'm torn on, and actually I'll, I'll announce it uh, on this episode. My next uh, binge thing I'm going to do is going to be comic book movies. Okay. Um, so I'm going to watch them all again. When I was at Best Buy a couple weeks ago, Fantastic Four on Blu-ray were six dollars for them to get together. Yeah. So I got it, and um, I'm interested. Because when I think Fantastic Four, I do think of kind of more of a family-friendly superhero kind of um, world. So we'll see when they kind of play it a little more seriously toned. Yeah, the tone is definitely a lot. I mean, I say it's darker, but it's also like their kids. Like, I don't know. There's yeah, there's I mean, some leeway there. Yeah, there is. And I mean, if hey, the people that tell it behind the camera in front of the camera is really good. Yeah. So uh, hopefully... It'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I I want it to be good. I've I've read some good Fantastic Four stories in my life. Um, I wish it wasn't Doctor Doom. Not not because I don't like Doctor Doom, just because they've tried before. Yeah, you know, I. I but I, I mean, guess you can have Mole Man. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. Actually, Mole Man would actually probably maybe that's the problem with the Fantastic <laughs> Four. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, uh, would you go see an animated Spider movie brought to you by Phil Lord and Chris Miller? I'll see anything Spider Man in it. <laughs> I saw that announcement. And I was like, dude, yeah, hundred percent, yes. Um, I think it's I interesting think that, cool. that they're doing a live action, and the next year they'll have an animated one. Yeah, obviously two different worlds. And hey, and this is maybe a way they can put Miles Morales in it. Ooh, hey, that's not bad. Um, I just really like those guys. Like, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, whatever they Yeah, absolutely. Like, way to make a lighthearted, fun Spider Man. Uh, I mean, I hope those guys don't go like gritty. <laughs> I like, know. like it's a, it, they then announced that it's directed by um, Neville Dean and Taylor. Yeah, right. And then it'll all just go downhill well, really quick. I don't think they will. In fact, I was reading an interview with Kevin Feige because they're going to announce who Spider Man is really soon. Yeah, because it's coming. I think uh, I was watching an interview with Robert Downey Jr. I think he was on David Letterman, and he said that he starts filming Captain America in two weeks. Wow. So. Yeah, I mean, they have to have, I think that, when's that come out? Next March? Yeah. Or next May. Yeah. Because it made Batman Superman move. <laughs> so, uh, so next yeah. May, I mean, that has to start filming really, I mean, yeah, in two weeks. Yeah. So to say who Spider-Man is and it'll be fun. And they have those two guys doing it. I mean, how well they did with the Lego movie and things like that. I mean, come on. It's gonna be if cool. they did a Spider-Man Lego movie, I'd cry. Oh, but they can't because Lego is like a Warner Brothers property. But I'm just saying it. Yeah, it'd be fun. Fast Furious Eight is going to come huh. in 2017. I'm curious about that one because I think this one. Uh, it sounds bad, but I think help driving the box office is because of the Parker thing. Oh yeah, but I mean, but that uh, it is a wildly I, popular franchise. If they had like, you know, maybe this time the the Shaw brothers will team up. Remember oh, at the end shit. when Jason Statham is put into the cell and he says, "I'm going to get out of here." And then he says, I'm waiting out there to kick your ass." That sounds exactly like the kind of stupid bullshit that Vin Diesel would shove down producers' throats and mm. say, "It's going to be so cool. I have the most epic saga story." <laughs> the street always wins, bro. You know, it's a it's a family. Anyway, uh, I'll see it. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to see it. I'll, yeah. I'll still see it. Uh, and then I have, I have two more stories. One of them is a, is actually a non film story. The other one is that there was a cool interview about Ash versus the evil dead. Ryan, tell me about Ash versus the evil dead. Uh, the Ash versus the evil dead is going to be a 10 episode, 30 minute long 
series on stars this fall. It started filming and basically acting around and he picks up a couple sidekicks and they're going to kick some dead eye ass. And there's an awesome publicity photo of Bruce Campbell Tapper, who's been Sam Raimi's producer forever, and Sam Raimi is standing in front of what Sam Raimi refers to as a classic in 1973, Oldsmobile, that's in every one of his movies except The Quick and the Dead. But here's a little trivia of Quick and the Dead. He took the axles off that and put it on a wagon. So no it way. is technically in that movie. You know? <laughs> that's cool. Um, cool. You could read about that in If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, the book by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> It sounds pretty good. I'm 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 getting more and more excited. Are you excited? Yeah, I love because I one, it's the original guys. Yeah. And two, they said flat out that it's gonna be no holds bar. Yeah. And because it's on stars and they've already those guys already made Spartacus for stars. Right, so you know that they you do whatever gonna, they want. Yeah, you know they're gonna be crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, the very last thing is that uh NASA's been working on this thing called I think it's either called the M drive or the EM drive. Um and it's like this thing that's supposed to like to help with propulsion using microwaves or whatever bullshit or I don't know uh some lasers through it cool the the story is this they may have discovered the ability to build a warp drive oh that's awesome so give it like two or three more years and we'll all be flying our enterprises all over the universe that's like, sweet looking for Prometheus dude, what you, planets what you like, fly from like New York to England in like 10 minutes I don't think you want to do that because it, it it literally warps space and time. I feel like you would obliterate whatever was between you and Meh. New York. <laughs> just birds. <laughs> just, just birds. Oh, okay. So you put it on a plane. Yeah. So you get like a DC-8. You get up there into the air. You obliterate all the birds between you and New York, and then you land. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And you travel in like a fraction of a second. That'd be sweet. All right. I mean, I think you're thinking a little bit. I'll be really honest <laughs> with you. Um, but okay. What would you like, use it for? Uh, I don't know. Go to like the fucking moon or like <laughs> Alpha Centauri. Go find some planets, man. Catch up to Hubble. Oh, you know, it, dude, you just spend a weekend. We build a space station on the edge of the on the edge of the like the the well, galaxy and a black hole, dude. It's not like you go through it. It's basically it's a piece of paper. If does you fold it, that piece of paper in half, does it have a light? Does it have a library inside? Maybe. Oh man, I'll tell you a funny story. And um, so Laura was really really can, sick. Can, um, I just I just thought of a horrible thing. I, I want to make it clear my dad's alive, but the thing I thought was, <laughs> can I go find my dad on some planet somewhere? <laughs> That's a contact reference. Thank you. All right. Sorry. Uh, it's funny. Really I was sick a couple days ago, so yeah. I took Aww. Kellen to the zoo, and then we went to the comic store, and then I was still going to kill time so she'd be left alone. So yeah. I, I went to Tradesmart. I'm like, I might not even get anything. I was going to walk around. But they had Wally and Interstellar used, so Ooh. I paid sixteen dollars for both those movies used. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Man, but you know, I was disappointed. I opened up the Blu-ray. They took the IMAX cell out of it, so oh, I didn't get I didn't get my McConaughey. Well, you were gonna get like some Matt Damon or something. Spoilers. Yeah, actually, Shit. I thought of you when I was there because they have a, a Matthew McConaughey movie I've never heard of on Blu-ray that was used. It's called Surfer Dude. Oh yeah, no, I remember. No, I'm not gonna watch Surfer Dude. Okay, I just saw. I was gonna tweet it and Shit. or take a picture and send it to you. Is there is is there a challenge? I think there might be a challenge out there for me to watch all Matthew McConaughey, you watch movies. McConaughey movies. Damn it, I don't want to. There's a lot of bad movies. You know, I, he's not he's not Robert. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad ones, but he's pretty good in them. Like, no, there's movies like How Is a Guy in Ten Days, which I've seen and is not very good. <laughs> oh. I. uh or surfer dude. <laughs> I 
I put the brakes on my Tom Cruise one because I'm waiting for Vanilla Sky on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I wasn't like, you know what? Why don't I just <laughs> I know here's actually a funny story though. I said, uh, well, why don't I just like rent it on Amazon? It's probably streaming for free. Yeah. And I was about to and I pre ordered the Blu ray, I'm not joking, like nine months ago. Because it was originally supposed to come out in December. Hmm. And then it got pushed to May fifth. So I was like, oh, that's pretty soon. And then I got another email from Amazon. It's now June thirtieth. Shit. But they changed the box art is different now. It's um Penelope Cruz and Tom Cruz <laughs> mm-hmm. about to kiss. Okay. And I guess it's loaded with new special features and it's a different cut of the movie. And it's like a huge almost like a deluxe edition, but it's not mentioned as a deluxe, so that's why they kept on pushing it, it back. Like, like it has a commentary with Cameron Crowe and Tom Cruise and Does it come with like a um like a free ticket to Aloha now or something? Like I would only thing I can think is that they're trying to cross promote it. Like I don't know. Use it as marketing. Maybe they are. I mean they changed the cover art and everything. So yeah. they actually I thought it was gonna be one of those bare bones Blu rays yeah, where they're they're gonna put the movie on it and just send it out. I would too because it's the guy. <laughs> so like I said I I'm going to make sure I see that one. I just have to wait one more month, and then I'll finish. I have to watch The Outsider in that one. Oh, uh, yeah, The Outsiders. The Outsiders is just sitting on my shelf, still in plastic. Daring you to watch it. <laughs> Actually, it's not that bad of a movie. Cool. Uh, that's all I got for news. Cool. What do you want to do next? Uh, how about what we've been watching? Cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, not too much for me this week. I, I don't know why I didn't watch too much. I think it's because my wife was sick. Um, but I, I watched Ghoulies today with my wife. Cool. I, I started watching Ghoulies too, but I Kellen started getting a little antsy, so it's hard to concentrate on a crappy 80s horror film. He, wasn't, he wasn't being entertained he by He wasn't Ghoulies being entertained too. by the Ghoulies. Ghoulies too. Not good enough for a seven-month-old. And I, when I was watching Ghoulies, I remember when I was young and I went to the Blockbuster yeah. or whatever video store my mom would take me to, I always got Ghoulies because I loved the poster for it. It's literally a little gremlin thing popping out of a toilet, and it says they'll get you in the end. It looks like a hand puppet, which yeah, it, it probably is. it is. And uh, watching it now, yeah, it's not that good of a movie. <laughs> but you watch it, and there's still some charm, though, to these animatronic hand puppets that just pop out and basically go... Um, I mean, I could tell you the plot of the movie, but it doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah. Something about a demon worshiper who is about to kill his son, but then the mother stops him and the son grows up. And it's supposed to take place 25 years later, but the, the dude... The son grows up and what? Yeah, and then, then ghouls climb out of yeah, his toilet? Yeah, much. Um, it's supposed to take place 25 years later, and the dude's like 40 who's playing his son. <sighs> and he shows up in a letter sweater that you get from high school. Like, so I don't know if he's supposed to be in college or high school, uh, but he doesn't look like it. And so anyways, he starts to become evil like his dad and he calls on the ghoulies to help him. And the ghoulies kill people throughout the film. Uh, It's PG-13, so it's not too crazy. But then at the end, they, after the ghoulies kill everybody and they're in this basement and he resurrects his dad from the grave. And so he's like this zombie dude who has he's like a warlock i guess i don't know how else to describe him sure and then you find out that the groundskeeper of his mansion that he inherited from his dad who died 20 it's weird he's actually a wizard yeah is a wizard and no shit no no. so the warlock i know i know you were but it's true (laughs) and so at the end the warlock is (laughs) saying i'm gonna kill you or whatever he says and all of a sudden 
burst through the door. The groundskeeper, who groundskeeper is a wizard, wizard. groundskeeper wizard, and he says, "You will not kill that boy." And then they literally grab each other and shoot lightning out of their eyeballs, and then they both like disappear. No. Yep. <laughs> and then the go- ghoulies disappear too. See, the ghoulies are like the minions of... Oh, no. But then all the people live. Like, they were murdered by the ghoulies. Oh, and, and they're then, all sitting there with their, like, throat slashed and chewed up and stuff. And then but the, then goo- the ghoulies... they magically come back to Yeah, life? ghoulies die, and then they cut back to them, and then all their wounds are gone, and they come back to life. Oh, but that's not it, James. So when they're leaving the mansion, and they're driving away, they say, Oh, our nightmare is finally over. The ghoulies pop up in the back. Dun, 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 dun. This is stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> and I'm watching this as, man, why did I like this as a kid? Um, I think because I was a child. <laughs> is there nudity? Nope. Okay. Um, I have no clue why you would like it. I don't it. know either. And they got me on the cover art. Yeah, probably. But maybe, yeah. maybe you really like the poop jokes where they climb out of toilets. They only do it like for a split second in it. Oh. I know. Maybe. I mean, they have this one scene where the ghoulies are eating dinner, like the dinner that they're serving they them. They eat dinner? They they have a huge table full of like prime rib and chicken, and the ghoulies are popping out of the food and eating it, but the people can't see them because the warlock made them put on these weird glasses, so they can't see the ghoulies. <laughs> I don't know. The it's uh, it's hard to describe and it's not that great, but so he convinces them to put on weird glasses. Yep. So that they can't see the ghoulies. Mm-hmm. So when the ghoulies pop out of the prime rib and start eating it. They can't see them. Do they notice that the prime rib is getting smaller? <laughs> nope. <laughs> They're being hypnotized, James. They're being hypnotized. This sounds like garbage. It is garbage. But right. you know what I love? How's the second one? Uh, I just started it. It's. I remember this one actually more from a kid. Maybe it's the second one that I really liked. Oh, okay. Because I remember the second one is the ghoulies um, go to a carnival and they take over like a haunted house and eat people in the haunted house. No. So I remember that one being better. It might not be, but I've only got like 10 minutes into it. But it did make me laugh at the beginning. This old man is trying to kill the ghoulies. So he runs into this um, garage at this car, this gas station. And in the middle of this garage in the the car bay where they're fixing cars is a huge barrel of toxic waste that has no lid on it. And he dumps the ghoulies in there and then the ghoulies pull them in. So he didn't even kill the ghoulies. The ghoulies just popped right out of the toxic waste. Why is there toxic waste in the middle of the garage? I don't know. <laughs> and that's where I ended. So I haven't seen uh, the parts after that. Gotcha. Um, I also uh, rewatched The 40-Year-Old Virgin because we talked about it yeah. uh, last uh, couple weeks ago for Film Explosion. I should watch that again. And it's it's still really funny. Yeah. Actually, I watched the theatrical cut because I found the Blu-ray uh, for like $5. And... I usually just watch the unrated cut because I had the DVD and the DVD only had the unrated cut. Yeah. And so the the theatrical cut is, I think, 20 minutes shorter, so it moves a lot quicker. Um, I don't remember which one's better, so I'll have to okay. watch the uh, unrated cut. I was going to say, because that might be one of those movies where I would imagine that like just throwing in more like, you know, dick jokes is probably a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know? Because uh, it's a genuinely good movie. Yeah, um, I, I think if I remember, right, I think the unrated cut does hurt from pacing issues. Yeah, uh, but you, you know, I I I just love the scene. I forgot that they go to the speed dating. Uh, oh thing. yeah, and then afterwards, his wife or his girlfriend comes in, and she said, 
You you mean to tell me you wrote this girl was a hoe for show? Yeah, she was a hoe. <laughs> Faux show. <laughs> then what Steve Earls is like, hey, hey, tell your, you better put your bitch on a leash. I don't know her. It's just really funny. Oh, man. Um, I love that movie. It's yeah, a good it's time. Good. It's a good one. And the last thing I, I watched this week is I finally watched The Fast and The Furious. Is that the fourth one? That's the first one. Oh, had you never seen the first one? I've never seen the first oh, one. Oh, shit. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's like a car racing movie, uh-huh. which is way different than every other one of the yeah, movies I've seen. It's a movie about dumb kids who race cards and steal DVD players. Yep. DVD players. <laughs> this one's like 1.3 million large. And why do I hate Michelle Rodriguez and everything? Oh, she's the worst. Oh, she's the worst. I, I just don't get it. I don't get what the appeal of her is. She just constantly looks like she's angry. Looks like she always has to take a dump. Yeah. She's like... She's like the Kristen Stewart of hating things. <laughs> you know? Is. Where, like, if she would just smile once in a while, you might be like, oh, okay, yeah, you, you seem like a person. Um, But she doesn't. She just scowls at everything. Yeah. It's horrible. And it's interesting watching that because, you know, I mean, I knew Brian O'Connor was undercover. But at the beginning of The Fast and the Furious, he's Brian Splinter, and he's undercover, and you don't know that yet until oh, about halfway man. through the movie. And oh, I don't even oh, – shoot, I forgot that. It's kind of a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's 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 Point Break with cars. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not as good as Point Break, but uh, – hmm. <laughs> Oh, mm. This is a real conversation to be had. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't. I, I'd have to watch both of them back to back to really say that for yeah. sure. I mean, I've watched. I, I watched Point Break recently, and I don't think it's that great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to go. I home gotta watch take Point you Break. with Brody. <sighs> yeah, but then he I just. I'm in the FBI. He just lets Brody like just swim out into the sea. He does, and he knows he's not gonna make it. He knows he's not gonna come back, but he yeah. lets him do it anyway. Yeah, because it's either death in the sea by wave or going to jail, and he might as well die he, by the waves. You can't man. tame that guy. Yeah, not Swayze, man. Did you see they they actually released set photos from the remake of Point Break? Oh no, I don't want to talk about it. I know. Uh, so yeah, the the Fast and Furious is actually a pretty fun movie. Yeah, you know it totally is. It's um, way toned down from where the series came is where the series is at now oh yeah it's unbelievable because you you look at like the the path that that series has had where i mean by the end of um tokyo drift like it it was basically about to be a director dvd like just here's some garbage stuff that we every couple make years we make one of these just completely dumb movies like the scorpion king four is <laughs> exactly like the scorpion king four and that's honestly what it still is except for the fact that there's still like real actors in it and so they release it in theaters i know every time i watch it though i know what's so special about vin diesel i can't i don't know what's so special about i don't him. mean vin diesel i mean paul walker and yeah. the rock i know and i know that's what you mean paul, but i mean everybody paul walker is not amazing but at least like but here's the thing with paul walker though at least he's charismatic yeah you know he's dude and he has some awesome scenes in that last in the, the, this most recent movie like yeah. oh man so yeah that's what i watched this week and so the fast and furious was fun yeah, and I got too fast, too furious, which I heard is maybe the worst one. But um, I I, I disagree. I think that I I actually think that Tokyo Drift is the worst one. Um, so I, I know the fourth one's not good, so I won't own that one. 
and I won't get Tokyo Drift because everybody tells me it's bad. I mean, you have you never seen Tokyo Drift? Mm. I guess you should watch it. Like, I could be wrong, but I don't think I, I No, I've never heard anybody say, in our group of friends, say yeah. Tokyo Drift is any good. Yeah. And when 10 people tell me it's not good and people like Ray for... Um, I mean, I only saw it. My wife. <laughs> yeah. I only saw it because Matt Goodridge made me. Um, and I don't think I remember it fondly. And that, I mean, that was eight years ago. So whatever. Oh, yeah. um, cool. What'd you watch cool. this week, James? I'm looking at photos of Point Break. <laughs> Damn it. Um, really just two things I want to talk about. I finished Daredevil. Nice. Um, man, that's really good. It is. It's really, really good. Wilson um, Fisk is great in it. I was going to say, I, I still stand by what I said last week. I, if not the, certainly one of the best Marvel villains that they've made mm. in anything. Um, like the, the way that they really humanize that character and make him a lot more. You know, he wants to be in Spider-Man. Been. I'd do that. That'd be uh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think that they would be stupid not to cross this series over with everything they can. Um, because they did such a great job. Uh, I'll say that <laughs> I was actually disappointed when he eventually gets the suit because it's, it ends up being a little less cool. Like his, his just like, I cover up my eyes with this mask thing was really badass. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really, like it felt like the Punisher. Kind of like a ninja. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then once he's in a suit, I was like, oh right, he's gotta be in a costume now. Alright, well, okay. Um, he has to do it to protect himself. He oh, wears, yeah, no, wears no. his armor kind of like Batman. Dude, they, they do an awesome job setting it up. They do a really awesome job setting that up. Um, but yeah, Fisk is just, Great. The whole story of the season is really great. Um, I, I, I think that anybody who likes superhero stuff should check it out. Cause... I think anybody who likes crime stuff too. I think it's a pretty good oh, yeah. crime show. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you won't un- until very close to the end. You won't even really feel like a superhero thing. Yeah, because um, I don't even remember. Episode. I mean, what episode does he get the suit in? I don't remember. It's the last one. Yeah, it is the last one. Yeah, I can't remember um, if it's the second to last or the last one. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple times where he probably get stabbed by ninjas more than a human could actually survive. But other than yeah, that, there's really no, up. I mean, technically, yes, he can also see sound in some way, but they lean on that so lightly that it really doesn't matter. It's just like, Oh, he's just and then in the second episode. Sound. They have that awesome one shot where he beats up a bunch of people. Oh man. It's so good. That's worth it. Watching it just it's for that. So good, man. Um, yeah, just some really great single episodes and, and like little mysteries along the way. Um, I really like all the characters. Foggy's great. Karen is great. Um, and even the, the, shoot, what's her name? The, the woman Fisk is, is falling in love with. Like, I'm really fascinated by that character. I don't remember. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's watched that two weeks ago and I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then the very last thing that I watched this week, uh, was a little movie from 1986 called Firewalker. Ah, sweet. Um, (laughs) I've been waiting all week for this. (laughs) So if you didn't hear last week's show, as we were doing the, like, what's coming out on DVD this week, there was this, um, Chuck Norris film called Firewalker that, uh, the cover, I bought it because of the cover because it looked like a knockoff Indiana Jones movie. Um, and guess what? It's a knockoff Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> um, so it starts and, and Chuck Norris and, uh, Lou Gossick are driving around in a Wrangler, um, in what is, in what is clearly the Colorado sand dunes. 
um, because it's like it's a, it's a small patch of dunes middle in the in front of what I'm pretty sure are, are the San Luis Mountains. Like I'm gonna I gotta go into the credits and and make sure, but it's gotta be the, the like <laughs> it's gotta be the dunes. But anyway, they're driving around in the dunes, getting chased by these dudes in a, like a dune buggy, uh, who end up catching up to them. And there's this dude who's like. He basically looks like Odd Job from the James Bond movies, mm. only he's got this gnarly scar under one eye. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and um, he he plays the role of uh, one Belloc, basically, mm. where he shows up and is like, I know you found some like gold or whatever, but I'm going to take it. Ah! And then he drives off in, in all his dune buggies with all his you know dune, dune buggy friends. And like Lou, Lou Gossick and, and uh, Chuck Norris are like, oh, man, like we don't ever make any money on these jobs and we're stuck out here. Oh, uh, they get like tied up in, in the desert. And so in a way too, it's like uncharted. Oh yeah. Oh, it's exactly like uncharted. It's and almost Nate. better, man. Like just, <laughs> just wait and listen. Um, so they, they get tied up in the desert and they get loose. And then Lugasic or Chuck Norris is like, Oh no, Lugasic is mad. Cause he, he spills the water that they have trying to get them free. And, and Chuck is like, Oh no, man, all I want right now is a beer at such and such a bar. And Lou Gossick's like, but that's in Arizona, so and so miles away. And then in the next shot, they're in that bar. I don't know. Somehow they got out of the fucking desert. Uh, they drove their Wrangler, dude. You're right, yeah. No, 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 no. The Wrangler's gone. They got tied up in the middle of the desert by the, by the odd job looking dude. Mm. Um, so they're sitting there and they're like, man, Lou Gossick is like, I'm too old for this shit. Like I'm going to retire. Like we never make any money. So it's also like lethal weapon. Yeah. It's exactly, yeah. It's all these awesome movies all tied together. <laughs> like how can the movie not be amazing? Right. Um, and, uh, some garbage is coming out of Chuck Norris's mouth. Like every line of dialogue he says is just, he's just like watered down nonsense. Um, and they're talking and having some dialogue or whatever. And this woman walks up and she's like, Hey man, like I know about some treasure or some shit, and they're like, okay, and oh no, she she goes to the bartender's like I'm looking for some dumb dudes who can help me find some treasure, and the bartender's like, oh, you want to go talk to those dumb dudes over there, and literally like she's basically that's what she says, mm-hmm. like she's looking for dumb people who can do a job, and so these guys get tied up with this woman, um, and to make a long story short. She apparently has some visions or whatever, and so she's had visions of where there's some some American Indian gold, and she wants to find the gold, not because she wants to get rich, but because she wants to prove she's not insane. And they meet up with some American Indians, and they, like, hang out in their teepee and shit, and he tells them about this guy, Coyote. No. And, yeah, <laughs> and Coyote is also going to be, like, going after this gold or some shit, and then... Then they just sort of leave, and then the movie just kind of meanders for, like, an hour, and nothing really happens. They go to, like, some jungle for some reason, but I don't really understand why. So why is it called Firewalker? Um, I think maybe it's the Firewalker treasure or something. They say the word Firewalker every now and then, but <laughs> I don't understand what the context context there is. Um. And then they, when you know that they're trying to be a rip-off Indiana Jones movie, when I kid you not, they're in another country, and all of a sudden, John Reese davies is there. No. Yes. He is not in this movie. So John Reese davies <laughs> shows up, and he's big and lovable. He doesn't have an accent, but he is drinking an awful lot. And then there's just some scenes where they drink with John Reese davies and then John Reese davies just sort of leaves. 
and what? isn't in the film anymore. And, <laughs> and then they, sh- all of a sudden, uh, oh, and the, I, I've, I've missed the whole part where the whole time Chuck Norris is just trying to have sex with this lady. Like, I don't even know that he is focused at all on trying to find the treasure. He just really wants her to fall in love with him. Like, there's these romantic scenes where, like, they're by a fire and they cuddle up next to each oh, that, other. Maybe that's why it's Firewalker. Because uh, there's a fire and his name is Walker Texas Ranger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this whole thing is going on and, like... There's a scene – oh, you know what else this movie is? It's also Crocodile Dundee because mm. there's this scene where they, they're they in the jungle and the girl's like, oh, I'm going to go take a, take a bath. And she starts to take her clothes off and he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, why? And then he picks up a rock and he throws it over into the lake right next to the obvious alligator that has been swimming through the entire shot. Um, that she should have noticed before <laughs> he threw the rock, but whatever. She's a woman, so she's dumb, right? It's um, the 80s. Yeah, right. It's 1986, and they don't pay attention, apparently. Um, so then she doesn't take a shower. She just snuggles up next to, to, to uh, Chuck, and you know they fall asleep in each other's arms or something. I don't know. Whatever. Let's skip forward a little bit. So then all of a sudden, uh, Lou Gossick is by the lake, and he's getting water out of the lake, right? And he's watching as they're like cuddling up next to each other, like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? Um, and then the little gossip just disappears. And they run over to the lake and they're like, wait, there's blood by the lake. And they're like, oh, the alligator must have eaten him. And Chuck gets mad. He's like, oh, damn you, getting eaten by an alligator. And she's like, but we have to find the gold. And then they make out. And then they go looking for the gold. And they, they wander into this cave where inevitably, they find Lou Gossick hanging upside down. Or no, he's not even upside down. This is important to the story. Uh, he's not hanging upside down. Uh, but he's hanging over, uh, what are those pools called that you find up in like the mountains or whatever? They've got sulfur and like hot. Hot springs? Hot, hot, yeah, yeah. So he's hanging over like this hot spring thing and it's kind of bubbling or whatever. Um, and it's in this just poorly made set of the inside of a cave, right? Uh, and as soon as they find Lou Gossick, Lou Gossick is like, you guys got to get out of here. And then the trap door closes and, oh man, Chuck Norris is like, oh, I totally fell for that. <laughs> um, so then Coyote shows up. Now, Coyote <laughs> is an Indian pirate. Um, so he's got like an eye patch mm-hmm. and he wears really, really bad, like American Indian garb, like really obvious, dumb, cliche Indian garb. Um, it, uh, you come into my land, and I now will kill you. Yeah, pretty much. Sweet. Yeah. Um, he talks about the gods, and mm. like, I'm, I will leave you to the gods. Um, and so he's there, and he starts to lower Lugasic into the water. Because it's so um, hot. Yeah. F- feet first, mind you. <laughs> um, so, and, and Lou's like, oh man, my legs are getting tired. He literally says, my legs are getting tired at one point, because he's like, holding them up so that his feet don't hit the water. It's so dumb. Uh, and they yell at each other, and then Chuck Norris throws this... Oh, I forgot. There's, like, a magical knife thing that they find that is, like, leading them towards the gold or some shit. Um, and he throws the knife at Coyote to try and stop Coyote, but Coyote just catches it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girl gets away, which is a good thing, because then Coyote, like, goes and kidnaps her uh, after he leaves... Chuck Norris and Lugosic in this cave together. Um, and of course Chuck gets Lugosic out of the, the, the ropes or, you know, and then they go and try to find Coyote. Um, Coyote ties her down and is going to like 
crucify her on this thing and like release the some shit with the gods or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's El Coyote. Uh, yeah. And just so you know, it's that's the guy who plays um, uh, Billy in Predator. Is it really? It is. Oh, it's shit. It's Sonny Landham. Billy, no! Um, so they go, they kill Coyote. Um, the lady who has visions takes some dirt out and pours it all over Coyote's dead body, and he bursts into flames. Wait, what? Yeah, she she pours magic dirt on Coyote, and he bursts into flames, and then they pick up a bunch of gold and leave. Um, and then the very last shot, I kid you not, they're they're all hanging out, having champagne in some beach house in Fiji. Um, and then, and they're talking like, oh man, that was so much fun. We never have to worry about anything ever again. And then the camera pans back and the bartender is the guy who looks like odd job with a scar on his face. What? So sequel. And then he laughs and then it rolls credits. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's 4.9 on while you're talking. I'm just looking it up on yeah. Amazon. I mean, uh, IMDb. 4.9. A pair of adventurers try to track down an ancient Aztec, Mayan, Egyptian, Apache horde of gold. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. How is the Egyptians mixed in? I can see how Aztec, Mayan, and Apache might be mixed in because that's all, you know, North America, yeah, like Central it, America. Yeah, like the horde could have been taken from one civilization to the next, but mm-hmm. somehow it's Egyptian too. Yep. Nope. That sounds about right. Did it come with any special features? Oh, no. Dude, the, the menu loads and it just says play, it just says play movie and chapters. <laughs> There's only two options. Is it one of those movies that you're like, this is one I'm going to show my friends because it's so bad? Um, do you regret would, your decision to buy it? Oh, hell no. Um, it would be <laughs> except for like that middle hour where it just sort of meanders. Um, but I honestly think I might watch it again at some point. It says it's um, a comedy. Does it? Because there's it nothing action adventure comedy. There's nothing funny about it. They may, they say things that they think are jokes. <laughs> um, like they the characters say lines that they laugh at, but it's never funny. Here's something interesting. Chuck Norris has only been in 38 movies. Really, or, man. I guess he was on Walker, Texas Ranger for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking that, to see if they made a sequel to it. They did not. <laughs> so I'm sorry. El Quixote is going to. Oh, man. He's he's never going to see the light of day. So when he when he when he lights on fire there at the end, mm-hmm. he, he pops like there's fireworks embedded inside of him. It's really weird. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so bizarre. Um, so what it did make me kind of want to do, though, is I, I, I may intentionally start looking for like rip off Indiana Jones movies like this and watching them. You know which one I didn't think was that bad was King Solomon's Mine. Oh, I've never seen that one. It's not bad. It's I mean, he literally wears a fedora and I think he has a whip. It's one of Sharon Stone's earliest movies. I think they literally just put it out on Blu-ray because there's actually two of them. It's like uh, I forget what the first one's called. And then I think King Solomon's is the sequel. It's basically... It's like a mix of Romancing the Stone and Indiana Jones, but not as good. Yeah. I remember as a kid saying, no, this isn't as good as those movies. Uh, Romancing the Stone is good. Yep. But Firewalker is not. If you're looking for a place to see movies, here's what's playing at your Denver Alamo Draft House next week. Hi, I'm the Alamo Draft House's Martin Starr, also known as the Security Man. If you are caught at any point during this movie talking or texting with your phone, I will shrink down from behind the screen, come out, 
and aggressively walk towards you, point my finger in your face, scold you profusely for all your neighbors to see. And then I will walk away with an apologetic gait in my stride. Everyone, enjoy the movie, and don't talk or text. So, Merle Martin presents Tulane Blacktop, which I don't know what that is. I don't is. know what that is. Either do I, but... You... But someone should see it. Yeah. Uh, beer dinner. This beer dinner is actually being put on by one of Laura's friends named Devin. Uh, oh, cool. He works for one of those microbrews, and it's their beer dinner, so it's called Pump Up the Volume, cool. which is, I think, it's a Christian Slater movie, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, Death Proof is playing. Oh, shit. Action Pack is a Tommy Boy quote along, which would be really fun. Vinegar Syndrome presents Madman, which is an 80s slasher film. Mm-hmm. And of course, next week is going to be dominated by Avengers Age of Ultron. So make sure you log on to alamohouse.com and click on the Littleton icon and buy your tickets for anything you want to see at the Alamo Draft House because they do sell out very fast, especially their little specialty things. Yeah. The craft dinners sell out almost immediately. Oh, man, Death Proof is so good. It is. Uh, I need to go and watch Death Proof. I still think one of my one of my favorite lines in movie ever is after he, uh, Kurt Russell gets caught up to by the ladies. Yeah. And they say, I forget what they say to him, something about, you did my friend. And he says, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. When he's confronted by the girls and gets his butt kicked, he turns into a big old wuss. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after he gets shot... And he drives off and is like pouring the whiskey on his arm and to seal the wound. Yeah. And he's just like freaking out. Oh, gosh. Kurt Russell is so good. Because what makes it so great is because at the beginning, he's so mean and cold. Oh, yeah. and I should watch that And movie. just like maliciously so. so when he gets Rose McGowan in his car and he and she, as she's getting in, he looks right at the camera and like winks at the audience. It's so cool. I know. I got that on Blu-ray Man. and I haven't watched it on Blu-ray yet. Ah, oh, it's so good. I should. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do now? Uh, how about some stats? Sounds good. This is the box office stats. Uh, Furious 7, number one movie again. Yep. No surprise. Yeah, $29 million. Uh, The movie we saw, True Story. Came in at $1.9. Uh, it didn't really get that big of a release. And yeah. I, you know, I don't remember actually seeing a commercial for it on TV. Did you? I mean, I don't really watch TV, so either I do I. Say. But I mean, I watch Sports Center. I guess it's not the right audience. But yeah, I, I mean, eight hundred and thirty-one theaters, which by comparison, Fast and Furious was in three thousand and nine hundred. So like, it's almost one fifth of theater count. Something yeah. like that. So. I, it's one of those movies. I think is, um, was that an eight twenty-four? Uh, eight something. Yeah, eight hundred. I mean, no, the th- movie, the studio, was that the same one? Mm-hmm. The eight twenty-four studio. Hmm. I don't know. Um, eh, let me. Look. Oh no, it's Fox Searchlight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of those independent movies that. It seems like that movie was one of those ones that they wanted to put out for award season, and then and then just missed. It just missed, and then yeah. they kind of go. Uh, yeah. I. I can't even say that I think it deserves more necessarily. Like. I don't know. Yeah. It's right. there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. DVDs? Cool. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Paddington is the big one this week. 
I, I want to see that because yeah, me too. I, I think I'll wait till I can get it on Redbox or something. I mean, I don't think I want to own it. Yeah. But I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm bizarrely curious. Um, and I mean, it, it can't be worse than Inherent Vice, which also comes out on Blu-ray this week. Blech. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Um, The Boy Next Door, which is Someone Jennifer tell Lopez. Joaquin Phoenix said he used to do fun movies. Yeah, he did, like signs. Uh, The Boy Next Door <laughs> with Jennifer Lopez. I like him in that movie. Uh, uh, which is some movie where Jennifer Lopez has sex with the boy next door. Um, the cover says it's sexy and thrilling. So good for them. Uh, the wedding ringer, which is that movie where Kevin Hart pretends like he's friends with people. Mm -hmm. That is a movie where he doesn't have friends and has to pretend like he's other people's friends. Right. Cause that's how I feel about Kevin Hart. <laughs> um, the gambler with Mark Wahlberg, uh, which Another I one think is a, went by fast yeah did it even release in theaters like i feel it like did. it did i think it was was it january or no i think it was christmas mm, yes that's and, totally and got it lost was. yeah it did it did who is that on the cover i know john goodman is in it but who is that woman anyway um omar none of these people sound familiar other than mark Wahlberg. i, I did watch a fun episode of roseanne that i see all the time you okay yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no i just lost something so okay. keep, keep keep talking it's uh, okay it, where Dan has to lend money to Artie, and then he finds out that he doesn't have enough money, and so he has to borrow money from a bank, and he comes back in, and Jackie's there, and he starts dancing, and it's really funny. <laughs> I love that show. I like John Goodman character on it. I just love that show, period. Dan Connor. Yeah, and Dan Connor is one of the best TV husbands to ever exist. Yep. Um, the Your Helmet is So Big edition of Spaceballs comes out on I, what I think looks like a black Blu-ray case, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Is it is it weird that I'm more excited by the Blu-ray case than the movie? I mean, I like Spaceballs. Yeah, but... it's, you know, it's all right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Convoy with Chris Christopherson is coming out on Blu-ray this week, which has got a really, really badass cover. Have you seen this cover before? Mm -hmm. I think, because, uh, there was an ad for it before Fast and Furious, um, so I've seen the trailer recently, but the bottom of the cover is just trucks in a convoy, right? Mm -hmm. it is, I should say it's all like drawn, almost like pencil, like colored pencil art. Um, and then there's Chris Christopherson, and he's standing there shirtless with his thumbs tucked into his belt, right? Just looking badass. And there's a woman draped over his back, like, like giving him a hug from behind. And they're both looking slightly to the left. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so this has to be an old one if Chris Christopherson doesn't have a shirt on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an old movie. Like, probably early 70s. Um, Accidental Love with Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Biel, which is some directed DVD like romance movie or something. Yeah, do you know who that's directed by? No. Your favorite guy, David O. Russell. No and shit. And he, he hated it so much. I, I think he made it six years ago that he took his name off it and never finished it. Oh, so it's probably a good movie then. And then, no, some guy came and did, I heard it's one of the worst movies ever made. I'm going to see it now just because I think that if he took his name off of it, it's probably better than most of the stuff he's made in the last five years. Um, and then lastly, um, From a Whisper to a Scream. Now, I love that name. I think that's such a cool name for a horror film. <laughs> it is. It is. Starring Vincent Price. Um, Isn't the cover badass too? He's like holding his own severed head. It is really cool. Yeah, I read it's an anthology. I've never seen it, but it's a Scream Factory, so of course I'm. I get it coming. Yeah. Welcome to Oldfield. Stop in for a night of pure terror. That's what the cover reads, Sweet. which is pretty cool. 
You know, in the late 80s, those anthology films kind of made a comeback with Tales from the Dark Side and obviously Tales from the Crypt on T. Yeah. Kind of made it fun. Hmm. My son is literally, see how creepy it is when he looks at the camera? Oh, you just weird. see his eyes. I don't, don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that. That looks like a that looks like a bad M Night Shyamalan movie. It's funny. Ever since he's become more aware, he doesn't sleep as well. Huh? It's because he wakes up and he won't go back to sleep. Yeah. I mean, he was. I don't know if you heard him. He literally talking for like twenty minutes just to himself. Oh. Maybe he wasn't talking to himself. Maybe, maybe he was talking to Grandma. Or maybe he yeah, he senses a ghost. Oh man. Uh, so since we've been talking about it the whole episode, uh, A24 is responsible for While, While We're Young, Ex Machina, um, The Most Violent, or A Most Violent Year, Tusk, hmm. Laggies, uh, Locke, Under the Skin, nice. The Spectacular Now, nice, and then both The Bling Ring and Spring Breakers. Wow. And there's a bunch of other stuff in there too about stuff that you and I have ever so seen. So it's just an interesting studio. Yeah. Studio yeah. that takes chances. Yeah, it's a neat little set of movies. So, anyway, uh, what's next? Uh, I have a comic book. If you don't, I don't. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. My comic book uh, kind of ties into. Um, obviously, it's it's a Spider-Man one, but Jerry Conway came back to do Spider-Man, and Jerry Conway, if you don't know, wrote the death of Gwen Stacy and a bunch of really classic Spider-Man stories in the mid seventies and he went away for a while. He did a little one off issue every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but they decided to bring him back and he's telling a really cool story about, about a creepy robot lady. No, no about, um, about the mob. So in Spider-Man, you know, in the, in the early 80s, late 70s, he was always fighting the Kingpin and yeah. always fighting Hammerhead, you know, yeah. these these mob boss guys. Yeah. And so he's kind of bringing it back, and it's really a really good story. Because um, right now, the main Spider-Man story is pretty interesting. He's trying to juggle having a company and being Spider-Man. So, you know, it's Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, in this one, he's just um, – Jerry Conway is just free to tell a story about Tombstone, who is one of the villains I really like, and even though he's – not uh like a big villain mm-hmm. but i like him because he he's an african american who's an albino so he's made fun of his whole life but it turns out his super power is his skin is as tough as concrete so he got the nickname tombstone hmm. and he became a huge crime boss and so he you know he kills people and yeah a really interesting character and the way they describe him oh you probably saw him on the he's in the animated series but he wasn't like he is in the comics yeah, I remember too. But his dialogue, uh, his box or his dialogue balloons are faded because he only talks in whispers, and he's a really fascinating character. Anyways, in this, he's he's selling drugs to a judge, and this judge is letting criminals go, and it's creating a huge problem. The kingpin is killed in quotation marks by the Green Goblin uh, about twenty issues ago, and he wasn't killed. He kind of made his escape and he had a doppelganger die in his place. And anyway, so there's a huge vacuum of power in the mob in the Spider-Man universe. And so Spider-Man and a detective who's team up to try to stop the, the mobs 
from overtaking the city. And it's called Spiral, and it's really well done. The art in it's fantastic. Uh, and Jerry Conway's writing it, and it's like he hasn't missed a beat with Spider-Man. He's still telling pretty funny stories. and um... It's funny. Tombstone always looked like he had sharpened teeth. Yeah. Because uh, like, I went back and looked at it because I was like, I, I can remember him, but just so faintly. Um, but yeah, he always looks like he... Yeah, he has uh, pointed teeth. I, I don't remember the story behind that. But he really became popular in the mid-'80s because uh, Robbie Robertson, who is the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle, uh, J. Jonah James publisher, Robbie is the, um, editor in chief, editor in chief. And so he was, he risked to run with tombstone and he witnessed a murder and he didn't turn in the tombstone. And so when it caught up to him years later, uh, he was thrown in jail. Ah. The tombstone wanted to kill him for it. It's a really cool story. I think it's spectacular Spider-Man like 179 to something. I forget. It's like a little four part issue series, but I love that stuff. And so you should pick up Spiral. Uh, they're, they're numbered weird because for some reason, I don't get why they just don't make a second Spider-Man series every month. So it's Amazing Spider-Man 17.1 or 16.1 and oh, then the, yeah. 17.1. They've only done two parts so far. And right. I'm sure you can still find them because it's one of those ones I don't think is going <laughs> to. It's a good story, but. But it's know, not the prime it, Spider-Man Yeah, it's book. not prime Spider-Man, so no one cares. Right. But it's Jerry Conway back on Spider-Man and it's really good. Very cool. In this last one, Spider-Man fights the Hammerhead. Oh, and um, who also has sharpened teeth? Yeah, and he uh, he wins, or does he? Oh, for now. So it's really cool. If if you like if you like Jerry Conway, you like Spider-Man taking on thugs and stuff. It's a good story. I feel like that was a metaphor for comic books. <laughs> he wins, or does he? For now, I know, right? <laughs> like everything is so inconsistent and impermanent. And of course, go to Colorado Coins Cards and Comics. Ask Andrew if, if he can find you Spiral. You should be able to find it. Uh, they have a cool section now. Andrew reorganized the whole store. Is it, is it like a section where they only put the cool books? Yeah, I mean, it really is. <laughs> so I, 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 you haven't probably been there recently. But I haven't. Andrew reorganized the store. So on one of his shelves now, he has um, all the Batmans, all the Justice Leagues, all the Spider-Mans, and all the X-Men. So cool. you could, it's basically all the hot books yeah. you can find in one area. So. You'll be able to find it if you can't find it, but just look under Spider-Man. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, the review, right? Yeah. Uh, this week, we went. We saw Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, James, should people go see Ex Machina? Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Sunshine fan. This movie is really smart, really cool, very original, worth seeing. Um, this is my favorite movie of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably me too. Uh, almost I, definitely. I really liked It Follows, but this movie's on a different level. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this movie's awesome. As I was watching it, I was just going, man, I really love this movie. <laughs> the whole time I was watching it. Always and, a good sign. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a trailer for Ex Machina. Uh, yeah, I just want to remind people, after the trailer, we will be talking about some spoilery things about the movie. Um, this is a movie that we, I mean, we're both highly recommending. If you see the trailer and think you're interested, do not listen to our review because, uh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway. come back and listen to the review. Yeah, come back after you see the movie. And agree or disagree. But here's here's the trailer for Ex Machina. How long until we get to his estate? We've been flying over his estate for the past two hours. Caleb, I'm just going to throw this out there so it's said, okay? 
You're freaked out. You're freaked out with me meeting me, having this conversation in this room at this moment, right? But can we just get past that? The whole employer-employee thing? It's good to meet you, Nathan. It's good to meet you too, Ken. This building isn't a house. It's a research facility. And I want to talk to you about what I'm researching. You want to see something cool? Hello. You are dead center of the greatest scientific event in the history of man. Do you have a name? Ava. Answer me this. How do you feel about her? Her AI is beyond doubt. No, nothing analytical. Just how do you feel? I feel that she's amazing. Dude. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Will it be possible? Why would it not be? Did you know that Nathan brought me here to test you? Caleb, you're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan, you shouldn't trust anything he says. Does Ava actually like you? Or is she just pretending to like you? Self-awareness, manipulation, sexuality. Are you attracted to me? Now, if that isn't true AI, what is? Caleb, there's something I want to show you. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? Today, I'm going to test you. Why me? Caleb, you have to help me. Who is the real test? You. Is it strange to have made something that hates you? What will happen to me if I fail your test? Dude. <laughs> so, in this film, um, what's the name of the actor? Brendan Gleeson? Uh, no, that's the uh, that's the older guy. It's uh, Dom Domol Gleason, right? Yeah, and he is a code writer for a big search engine called Blue Book, and he wins a contest, and he's sent to the founder of Blue Book, who plays played by Oscar Isaac's house, Nate. He's sent to his home, I guess. And he out out in the middle of the woods somewhere. Yeah, and he's picked to go there. But what he doesn't know, and it's what you can guess from the trailer, is he's actually developed an AI being named Ava, and he thinks he created the ultimate artificial intelligence and can think on her own. She has emotions. She has feelings. She's pretty. She's pretty. In a weird way. <laughs> and I think that's that was part of the lore of the film. Uh-huh. Um, right off the bat, I have to say, this movie is beautiful. It's, yeah. it's shot so well. Um, the perform- I think Oscar Isaac is amazing in it. Yeah. Because right away you get he's a douchebag, but you kind of like him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's, he's fun, but like even when he's – even when he seems dangerous, he – you don't know that you're getting a really good read on it. Yeah, but here's the um, thing, too, is when you see that about him and right away you kind of think of him as the bad guy. And as the story unfolds, maybe he's not really a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, even even when she's 
when the lights go out that time and she tells him not to trust Nate, mm-hmm. um, even then I was, I was kind of like, I don't know that I even trust her. Like, yeah. you know, you're telling me she's really, if, if she really is, um, intelligent, uh, then theoretically, like, there's nothing that says that she is, like, also innocent. Well, here's um, the, here's the, so, thing. like, it's just written in such a way that I, I, I was paranoid about everything. Yeah, that's the thing is I think they put you in the shoe. What was the name of his? What was the name of the character? Uh, Not Nate. Was Daniel? Fuck. No, it starts with a C. Caleb. Caleb. And so you, you're kind of bored with Caleb. I mean, that's what's great about this film is they put you in Caleb's shoes. Yeah. Where you, you, you sympathize with him because he's put in this world where he doesn't understand what's happening. And when he meets Ava, you kind of, I mean, you, you like her too, you know, you, mm-hmm. she's a really interesting character. Um, the actress who plays her does a great job of when someone is talking to her or tells her something, she takes these beats where she's trying to process the information mm-hmm. and what she's been told. Yeah. And what makes the ending even better is you can see the sinister part behind it. Yeah. Um, because as it goes, as the film goes along, you start to really care about Ava and Caleb. Oh, absolutely. And then you realize that maybe that Nate's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's so rich and so brilliant that maybe his disconnect from the real world is. Well, and he's clearly, I, I think his downfall is that he is hiding things from Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's clearly hiding things from Caleb. And probably if he hadn't been from the get-go, things wouldn't go the way they did. Yeah. Um, when you take a step back and look at the actual story, I don't know that Nate is at fault. Um, yeah. I think I, he's in fact, just, I, would, I just think he's just I would arrogant. Argue he's not. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I would be too if I could create something like that. And, and I, he's clearly done it a number of times. Yeah. And, I mean, he even says... You know, in a year from now, when we're up giving the press conference, and you you said, you know what, you're 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 a god, and then Caleb right. says, I didn't say that, right? Yeah, he says, no, but that was a great quote, man. I love that quote, right? <laughs> it's it's a really fascinating play, yeah. and as you know, as I was watching it, I said, I was thinking to myself, I said, this would be a smart origin for the Terminator films. Oh where, hell yeah! You know this is the AI they're talking about. It's better they, than any of the backstories for the Terminator. That's what I'm films, saying. That's all sure. I was thinking about was, man, this could be Terminator. Uh-huh. Um, but the the film has this uneasiness throughout it, mm-hmm. and his helper, uh, Kyoki, Kyoki, they always drop little hints that she isn't real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of picked up on it right away. Oh yeah, but I mean, they have that. There's that great scene where they're eating dinner and she spills. And he yells at her. He's like, she doesn't understand anyways. And she walks away and she goes in the door and she kind of just powers down and the door slowly shuts. She's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, and there's, yeah, there's these little scenes where like she's, she reacts to things as if she is listening. Mm -hmm. Like she does know. Um, Yeah. She's one of the more fascinating things about this. She's a, she's a question that never gets answered in this movie really, because especially there at the end when Ava talks to her Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh shit, like what? Does Kyoki know? Like she obviously knows, and she's used for a sex bot. Yeah, that's what she's used for, right? And I mean that one scene where Caleb comes in and he says, "No, you don't have to do that. What are you doing?" And Nate comes in and says, "No, dance. She loves to dance." And it's this really weird, 
awesome dance scene. Oh and... man, it's so, it's amazing how funny this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many times where the whole theater I was in just broke out in laughter, uh, mostly because of Nate. Like mm-hmm. his character just is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, especially that whole sequence. It's so absurd, but it's so unnerving at the same time. Yeah. Um, there's just yeah. something not right with it. Right. And you know, this is why I think this movie is so well done is there's no huge explosions. Um, right. all the tension comes through <laughs> the Hannibal like therapy sessions where mm-hmm. people, people are just literally sitting down talking to each other. Yeah. And, it's interesting because Caleb is so smart and I don't think Nate gives him enough credit for being smart. And that's his downfall at the end of the movie is, you know, he does that thing at the end where he he kind of brings it all back. It's, it's really fascinating because Nate knows that he's doing something when the power goes down, obviously. Right. And he doesn't believe Caleb and Caleb doesn't want to believe Nate. And he's, having a hard time believing Ava as well. Right. But he's smitten with Ava because of the information that Nate is able to pull from his search is so brilliant. Uh, I fucking love this movie. I really do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's her whole story is so nefarious. Like you look back at it and, and Oh yeah. Like I, I want to watch the whole thing again because I think what you realize is that, because Nate built her, he understands what she's actually, he understands what she's capable of because he understands how good a job he did and he understands what people are capable of. And so, like, when you go back, the things that are the most horrifying, like the, when he finds all the footage of the other robots that the guy has built over time and how they have gone wrong. Um, yeah, that one dude was creepy when she was banging her arms again so hard and she broke her arms. Yeah. But, you know, oh, I guess man. you kind of skimmed over. That throughout these sessions, they decide him, uh, Caleb and Ava, that he's going to bust her out because yeah. she wants to, you know, go on a date with him and she wants just to get out of there. And um, so they do this brilliant setup where he's going to plan. He got him drunk once and stole his key card and was able to um, see that footage. But what you did, you saw him writing code, but you weren't. You th- I. Didn't put two and two yeah, you just thought he was looking for stuff. Yeah, and then at the end, you realize that he did that earlier so he could do his plan to bust her out. And dude, it's creepy when those like the violence isn't over the top. Nope it's it's so subtle. It's subtle, but it's vicious. It's um, yeah. I mean, when they're fighting on the ground and they're like wrestling with each other, mm-hmm. like it. She, she doesn't overpower him. In mm-hmm. fact, he he gets the upper hand on her. Like she's not. She's not super powerful as like some kind of robot, you know. Um, she's just a person. Um, but then, like the way that they move and how well, yeah. cold and calculating that. Well, scene yeah, because then um, you know Kiyoki stabs him, mm-hmm. and then he just turns around and hits her in the face, and it breaks her face, and she dies. Oh, man. And yeah. then she he tries to walk away, and Ava slowly pulls the knife out. And he turns and looks at her, then you just she just jams it into him again. You're like, oh fuck! And then she like subtly twists it. You know, oh man, yeah, it's great. <sighs> and then it has the the ending is so awesome because before you're kind of on Caleb's side where he wants to get you know Ava out of there because he cares for her, uh-huh. and then. And and because like at that point he realizes that Nate is going to take her apart. Yeah, and like kill her basically. Yeah, 
And he, what's so great about the script and why it's so smart is Nate says, he says, how do you know that she's not pretending to you? Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe she's just using you too. Right. And uh, they have that scene where Caleb goes in and sees all the trashed out robots in Nate's room and that he sleeps with. It's just really weird. <laughs> and so Ava finally gets out and, you know, Nate's dead. And she says, will you just wait here? And she goes there and she takes off the skin and she's making herself look like normal. And as she walks and she locks him in that fucking place and just looks back and says, fuck you, I'm out of here. Oh, man. It's everything Nate said she would do, she did. Yeah. Where, how do you know she's not using you, you know, to get out? And that's all she was doing. Yep. She was only using him to get out. Yeah. Because the same thing that Nate used to get Caleb to like her is the same thing she used against him to get her out of there. Yeah. So she's so smart that she figured out that if that she was made to look like someone he jerked off to and he could get out because I didn't understand why she had the drawings of that hair and everything until he said about, did you make her look like the pornography I'm looking at online? Right. And that's why she looked that way because when she left, she didn't look like that. Right. She changed her appearance. It's a, a fucking great movie. I, yeah, I mean, the the question at the end then becomes like, does she do all those things? I'll say it this way. Does Nate know to be suspicious of her because since he made her, he knows she's not actually an AI, like that she's not a complete AI? Like, he knows what he programmed her to do, mm. right? Like, he knows That's where, yeah. like, somewhere inside of his mind, he knows where the fail the fail points are and and that 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 person is always going to do the same thing um or or that if you build a real ai that that a human-like ai is going to understand it's inside a cage and do whatever it can to get out of it like it asks a lot of really interesting questions that it can't give answers is nate too protecting caleb at the end oh yeah because I, i absolutely think he is because i mean because Nate, Nate has watched so many of them, like, get vicious near the end, and he understands that they are that they are actually kind of dangerous. Um, I don't think he understands it well enough, right? Because mm-hmm. he obviously ends up, I mean, he ends up getting stabbed by one that he trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he also understands that they're dangerous enough that when he realizes that they're free, he takes the, the stick out of his weights because he's like, well, I'm going to have to probably beat her head in. Like yeah. he knows this is going to be a fight. Um, yeah. It. I, I mean, when I take a step back, do I love it as much? As, I'll say this. I think the movie, the movie probably would have been better if directed by a Danny Boyle really type person. Oh yeah. Cause I'm not a big Danny Boyle fan. I know, but I am. Um, and I, I think that, um, shoot, what's his name? Um, Alex Garland. Alex Garland does a really great job. Um, but when I compare, like, the tension in this movie to the tension in Sunshine, like, first time I saw Sunshine, it was tension nonstop. Um, and this is is certainly more subtle. I don't know. I don't even know that it needs that, but I was never terrified the way that I was in Sunshine. I don't and think I, you need to be. I think that you need to create an uneasiness to it. Sure. And I'm one of those people. I think I don't think Danny Boyle's that great. He always does those weird drug-induced edits in his films and... I know you think that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it. It's in them. I mean, yeah, 28 it's, days later, it's in 127 hours. But it's not in Sunshine. 
it's not sunshine, but yeah. they even have those weird scenes in Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. So, I no, mean, I, it's definitely a trademark of his. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Um, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not in Sunshine, which is probably my favorite of his movies. Um and uh and it's my favorite Alex Alex Garland script. Um and uh, but I mean this is this is really good. It's up there. I mean, the guy at this point, I will probably just go see any movie he writes because <laughs> c- clearly he's writing the kind of movies I want to see. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely worth your time, and it's it's one that's going to stick with me it for was, a while. When it was interesting, I I didn't know how well it was gonna it's gonna do, but I will say that it's the most people that have been in a theater that I saw a movie at ten thirty in the morning in. Oh, I mean, there was thirty forty people in my theater. Yeah. And, you know, we we skipped over a scene, and I was kind of saving it, because as I was leaving, I don't know why the dude stopped me, but as I was leaving, this guy stopped, and he says, so was that guy a robot? He's talking about Caleb, because Caleb started doubting himself. Oh, yeah, which you is know, a really cool it's subplot. An, it's an interesting scene where you're saying, am I really an artificial intelligence that's been created? And right. he cuts himself open, and he's looking to see if he's I mean, honestly, robot. that's that is the point where the AI passes the Turing test as as far as I'm concerned, right? Oh yeah. Like when you've spent enough time with a robot that you don't know if you're a real person or not, like that's a sign. And I thought that's why that movie was so effective is I had a stranger ask me if he was a robot. (laughs) I said, no, he's just, I said, that's part of the film is he's been messed with so much and now he doesn't know what's real or what's not real. And so he's yeah, hurting himself and looking for, I love that scene when Nate says to him, like, I don't know, that was a pretty creepy video this morning of you slicing your arm open and smearing blood all over the mirror. (laughs) And you're like, oh, shit, you were watching that scene with us, weren't you? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Man, that's a a good movie. Just really well crafted. Yep. You know? Um, Slow burner. mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't move slow, but it just, it builds slowly. All the beats are there. They're very strategically placed. Um, and the dialogue is all written so well that like you just want to listen to those people talk because speeches about Jackson Pollock are just as fascinating as watching a robot kill people. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's really awesome. Oh yeah, that talking about the painting. Oh, uh, right, wasn't that an awesome scene? Or also, too, you know what scene was? It, I thought was the scariest in the movie was when she was undressing when she. Uh, because she said, do you watch me on the cameras? Oh, right. And says, after she's dressed up yeah, for him. Yeah. And, and then she's taken off her clothes all seductively. Uh-huh. And she's doing it on purpose. See, there's so many hints to know that she's not uh-huh. a good robot. Uh-huh. First Terminator. Yeah. What's she going to do out in the streets, man? I don't know. Is she, gonna, is she addicted to killing now? <laughs> That'd be awesome. she just She just stands out in the cross streets and like... Throws people the, in front of dude, cars. That's the that's the first TX. Remember TX from Terminator Three? Yeah, that's the TX. Her arm turns into a gun. Yeah, her she can make her boobs bigger in order to steal guns from police officers. Hell yeah, I like oh, Terminator Three. I, I I was just gonna say I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Next cool. week is Real Nerds Podcast two hundredth episode. Yeah, which also happens to be kicking off the summer with Avengers Age of Ultron. What are you saying? You're saying that Fast and Furious 7 wasn't the official beginning of the summer? No. <laughs> I liked Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7. 
and um, something tells me I'm gonna like Avengers more. It's it's sort of hard to call something the the, the kickoff of the summer when then there's like two weeks in a row where there's nothing to no, see. No. So after the Age of Ultron too, it's oh, is there another? Yeah, there's like a week, but I'm hoping that because Schwarzenegger's uh, zombie movie Maggie opens, is it? But I don't. It probably won't come here. But yeah, probably not. Maybe it'll be on VOD. Okay. We'll figure cool. something out. But next week's all that matters. Yeah. Age of Ultron. 200th episode. Man, it's exciting. It is. Very cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you go see a movie in Denver, make sure you go to the Alamo Draft House in Littleton. Tell them the real nerd sent you. They showed some awesome robot clips in front of the uh, movie tonight. That's it's the so only thing. good. I can't wait till Laura's done with school so I can go back to Alamo full time. <gasps> oh, man. They were so good. So many, like, weird Japanese robots. Japanese are weird. Whoa, no. With their stuff. I was, I don't know what, I was, who posted it? I forget, but there's a game show on in Japan where guys are singing karaoke while being jerked off. What? Yeah. This is, what? No. Yeah, no. yeah it's a true thing. Like, obviously, no. there's like a, a curtain going around it. I forget who posted it. One of my friends, obviously, but. I, 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 I don't know and then they how ha- to deal with that. I mean, I, I, I don't I know what they're to, saying. I need to but, not know this. But the guy is trying to sing, and then it's a really attractive Japanese lady jerking him off. And then they have dudes in the corner just laughing and making fun of him uh, while he's trying to sing and being jerked off. I don't like any of this. Yeah, it's a true thing. Uh, Make great food, though. And the video games used to be really great. Yeah. I like the video games. Yeah, Nintendo's good. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.